records on my demo. Did y'all boys not get the memo? Welcome to another edition of the Vault Studio Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is James Cooney and I'm joined today by my co-host, Fantasy Football's Dan Under's own. We've got Lewis Glover. Lewis, how are you? Hey Cooney, how you going mate? It's uh, good to hear you back on the microphone, it's been a while. Yes, it has. If you guys haven't noticed, uh, we taped a lot of episodes before Lewis uh, went away to Europe for a few weeks, so we taped a lot of episodes, that's why you're probably thinking, why are we talking about Theo Riddick and the Lions preview? <laughs> like three weeks after we've been cut, you know, that, that sort of thing. So like Golden Tape, we didn't mention Golden Tape being suspended, all that, all that sort of fun stuff. So yeah, if you're uh, thinking about that, then yeah, yeah, we taped it a lot, uh, I think we taped it what, a month ago? So, so, so some time ago, so there's yeah. a bit of a bit outdated information there, but still some some really good nuggets if you're going to go back and and listen. Uh, exactly, a, bit of, a, lo- a lot of good a stuff. In there. Intriguing edits in there as well, so so forgive those. Yeah, I'll buy the producer on that one. Yeah, got to get a new producer in here, haven't we? Yeah, I reckon we we're here. Bring back Dan. Yeah, bring back Dan. <laughs> yeah. Let's go get producer yeah. Dan. Let's get him back behind the. Uh, Behind the uh, the curtain there, pushing the buttons for us. But yeah, it's 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 uh, it's really good to be back, live. You and me, the way it should be, mate. Let's uh, let's talk some NFC South football, hey? That's it. Tonight we'll be previewing, or today, wherever you're listening, we'll be previewing the NFC South division, um, as we usually do, and sort of we'll be doing uh, the rest of the divisions, so on and so forth. Um, but yeah, we haven't done much of the NFC South or at all, anyway. So let's get it started. Who do you want to start with, Lewis? You want to go for your Tampa Bay Buccaneers? <laughs> my, my Tampa Bay Buccaneers, yeah, the you... Tampa Bay Jameis Winstons. Let's do it. All right, let's start off with them. Let's start off with your guy, Jameis Winston. I know you want to talk about him, so let's get it started. I'm going to leave the floor for you, mate. Well, I appreciate that, yeah. Everyone knows I am a big Jameis Winston homer, being an FSU fan and all, and, but it's fair to say Winston's NFL career to date hasn't lived up to the billing of the, the number one overall pick. He struggled at times, both on and off the field, with let's call it questionable decision making, and and just leave it there. But I really think this season, his fifth year, final year in his his rookie contract, this is make or break for him in the NFL as a professional quarterback. And I think he's got the perfect head coach in Bruce Arians coming in to correct that situation. And I think for fantasy purposes, you know, I think he's going to be very very profitable. And there's a few reasons for that. Firstly, it's Bruce Arians' offense. He likes to throw the football. He's not afraid to throw it on first and second down. He has a vertical offense. He likes to throw the ball deep, which pairs with the weapons that Jameis Winston has very well. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, OJ Howard, they're all great vertical threats. Not to mention the lack of a running game. So it's going to be a pretty, I would say, imbalanced offense. And then the defense, the Tampa Bay Buccaneer defense might give up 30 points a game this season, and that could be being generous. Their secondary is hot trash. It is not good at all. This is a team that's going to be behind. Winston's going to be throwing it a lot. Of course, there's going to be turnovers. Of course, there's going to be interceptions, which are going to shorten drives. But I really do think it's in his range of outcomes that Jameis Winston leads the NFL in passing yards this season. But that's how much Tampa Bay is going to have to throw the football. And with the weapons that he has, uh, particularly with uh, O.J. Howard and, and, and Chris Godwin, who are tremendous yards after the catch receivers, Evans is, is not. He's got, got no yak whatsoever. But Godwin and, and, and Howard, you add all of those factors together, and I really think it's going to be a great year for Jameis Winston. And people are 
generally based off his ADP, scared by the fact that, you know, he has these bad games, he has these ridiculous games, but since he's come into the NFL, he has, or excuse me, the last, at least last few seasons, he's got a ridiculous number of 300-yard passing games as well. This guy just produces fantasy points on a consistent basis and is, isn't respected for it in the fantasy community because of his questionable decision-making. There you go. How long was that, James? 10 minutes? Yeah, it seems about that. Yeah. I'll, I'll stop there. But, you know, draft draft Jameis Winston. No, be happy with it. I, I agree with you there, actually. I do think Jameis Winston's going to have sort of a good year. Uh, in his full uh, eight starts that he had last year, do you know where he ended up in points per game? It was probably about 10th or 11th. QB4. QB4. There we go. There you go. So when given the opportunity, and I do believe Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich would do a better job than Dirk Cutter. No doubt. Tom Monken. Um, the loss of Deshaun Jackson and Adam Humphreys does scare me, but I do believe in Chris Godwin and OJ Howard, as we'll talk about a bit more. But yeah, if you're looking at a guy who's QB 13 at the moment, James Winston, bang, there's your guy. Someone you can pick up in late, uh, late rounds. Don't, don't worry about Patrick Mahomes. Don't worry about Aaron Rodgers. You've got James Winston right here. That's it. 112, so about round 11, round 10. He's someone guy you should be looking at. I know you were looking at at our listener league, which we are just doing our draft now, a bit of a slow draft at the moment. But yeah, he's some guy that I really like. and I'm going to target in uh, two QBs and single QB leagues. Yeah, I, you nailed it. He's perfect target in both in both formats where you're waiting on the quarterback and he's also a tremendous value in Superflex, two quarterback leagues as well. Now, I reckon we should move on from Winston, otherwise I'm going to keep talking about him all, all night long. So who do you want to go to next? Is his primary guy, Mike Evans? Well, let's go there to the wide receivers because, as I just touched on, Deshaun Jackson, Adam Humphreys did leave, and that's thirty-eight uh, percent of their targets have been uh, have been lost from last season. So, who are they going to go to, Lewis? They're going to go to a, f- a decent chunk are going to go to Mike Evans, but given how heavily he's been targeted throughout his career, a bunch of them are going to go to Chris Godwin. But be- be- before we uh, spend, you know, get stuck on Chris Godwin. Mike Evans is one of the least respected wide receivers in fantasy. He has five consecutive thousand yard seasons to start his career. I believe he's the, was he the only or one of three wide receivers all time to do that? I believe it's AJ Green, Mike Evans and, and, and Randy Moss. I could be wrong on that, but I'm, I'm fairly certain those are the three names, five, uh, three receivers, five seasons, thousand yards. I mean, he's got an overall overall wide receiver one finish. It's in his range of outcomes this season. I think he's a, a special talent at the position, and he just doesn't get the uh, the respect that he deserves. And he's consistently drafted as a wide receiver two when he when he has genuine wide receiver one upside. Exactly, and sort of the chemistry that him and uh, James Winston have too. Uh, they've I think it's James Winston has directed. I think it's about twenty six percent of his throws over the past three seasons to Evans. So. The targets are there for him, and especially if yeah, no running game, which we'll touch on a bit. There's no one really. There's yeah, no run game. Chris Godwin's the only really wide receiver in the room, so I'm expecting Mike Evans to sort of jump into that sort of top six. The sort of Julio, Adams, Thomas, so that sort of range. Yep, he's gonna be great value, and no, I can yeah, top five finish for sure. So he's drafted right now, uh, wide receiver eight at twenty. So yeah, so the back end of the second round, early third, that's some guy you should be targeting too. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is a guy that you can grab a, a bona fide bell cow running back, 
you know, like an Alvin, like Alvin Kamara, or maybe if if Zeke falls, people are worried about his contract. You grab Zeke a bit later on. Pair him with Mike Evans. That's that's absolute money to start the first two rounds of your draft. So someone I am I'm targeting with you know with a uh, a later uh, if I if I have a second half of the first round pick, he's the the sort of second guy that I'm looking at and. Six foot five, tremendous contested catch guy, goes up and gets the ball. Winston doesn't care if he's double or triple covered. He's the ultimate DGAF quarterback, apart from Ryan Fitzpatrick. And, you know, they had some wild games last year. Jameis Winston will chuck it up and does not care. And so that pairs very well with, with Mike Evans' skill set, his ability to high point the football, win contested catches, and come down with it after securing it. So big fan of Mike Evans, always have been and, and will be as long as he's, uh, you know, as long as he stays healthy. And that's the thing, he doesn't get hurt either. So or plenty of upside for Mike Evans. Uh, and Chris Godwin, the other name we've talked about, if you follow me on Twitter, if you read my work at Dynasty Football Factory, you you know how much I like Chris Godwin. I I thought he'd break out a bit more than he did last season, but the emergence of Adam Humphreys really sort of stymied that. But Godwin was, you know, still incredibly effective when he got his opportunities last season. Finishes the wide receiver twenty seven, ADP this season wide receiver eighteen. I think he's got a genuine shot to to beat his ADP or at least return value there. So very comfortable with selecting Godwin at his ADP. Bruce Arians has talked about how he wants him to get 100 catches. Whether that is probable, it's not It's not likely, but it, it's possible. He's going to be on the field for over 90% of the snaps. He's not going to come off the field. He's going to be the guy playing out of the slot. And as you mentioned earlier, Cooney, those targets that Adam Humphreys and, and Deshaun Jackson have vacated, a lot of them are going to be funneled towards Chris Godwin. And and, and just adding on to that, he was one of the better uh, red zone threats in the NFL last season. And he actually was targeted the eighth most times in uh, you know, in as a wide receiver in the NFL in the inside the red zone, even though he was, based on a snap count, a part-time receiver. And Godwin will be playing the slot too. Do you know he played the slot for Ari- Arizona when Bruce uh, Aarons was there? Oh, is that a man named uh, Larry Fitzgerald? That is. And he averaged 94 receptions per season when he was there. So I don't know. I think uh, he's not going to get 94, but I reckon he's going to be up there with the 80s. He's going to have a lot of targets going his way. They're going to sort of build an offense around hit Evans and Godwin and Howard. And these are three guys that you should really be targeting your fantasy teams. Yeah, without question. The one thing I will say, Larry Fitzgerald, everyone knows what a tremendous talent he is. But when it came time for Bruce Arians to use him, as you mentioned, he was in the slot. He's on the the downturn of his career. He lined up outside occasionally, but he was primarily a slot guy. Godwin lined up outside most of last season. And he's still, he's a very, very good receiver on the outside. He's got genuine speed. He is still a deep threat. He's got tremendous yards after the catch ability running with the ball in his hands. And as I mentioned, he's got upside in the red zone. So even if he doesn't get those 90, 94 targets, exceeding his his ADP of wide receiver 18 is still very much in his range of outcomes because of those other skill sets that uh, that I just mentioned. So he doesn't quite need the ridiculous number of catches because he will get you points in other ways. Yep. Um, we've talked about OJ Howard. He's going as tight at number four now. He's sort of out of that range of Kittle, Kelsey, and Ertz. Um, are you willing to take a stab at him that high, considering he's going sort of uh, around about that 50 range? 
Yeah, I am. I think he's perfectly priced right now. I think this time next year, he's going to be in the first two rounds of fantasy drafts. And I know I, all, all, I've got nothing negative to say so far about the Tampa Bay offense, which is, you know, seems, seems a little bit crazy. It's, it's all upside right now for me. But OJ Howard is very much in that conversation of being the next elite fantasy tight end. And he has been, based on PFF grades, one of the best tight ends over the last two seasons in the NFL. Few, few from the alert. Uh, statistics from uh, scott barrett over at dff that hunter henry and oj howard so only, only two guys are the only tight ends to catch two-thirds of their targets and have an ad- average depth of target of 10 plus yards over the last decade so that's gronk in his prime that's travis kelsey in the in his prime so these guys not only get vertical they're not t- they're targeted deep down the field but they catch them as well. They have genuine wide receiver-like skill sets at catching the football. And, and, and OJ Howard, last season, he was tied fifth overall in points per game, even though he was splitting snaps a lot of the time with, with uh, Cameron Brait. And he left a, a game, two of those games early from injury as well. So again, this guy's ceiling is, is so, so high. And we all know Jameis Winston loves to target the tight end position as well. He's highest graded, you know, in terms of uh, PFF grades, his highest grades come when he's targeting the tight end position. He's actually really inefficient when he's targeting uh, the, the the outside the numbers because he throws those interceptions. That's what costs him. But he's on the money when it comes to the tight end. And that's why I love OJ Howard this season. I love him too. The only thing that scares me a little bit is, is that Bruce Arians didn't have a really good tight end in Arizona. It's the only thing that sort of scares me. But again, he didn't have someone as good as OJ Howard. So No, he had Jermaine Gresham and... Uh, how can I forget him? Nick, some someone. I want to say true. Is it someone Nicholas? Not some guy. Yeah, Troy Nicholas, and it was it was a bunch of blocking guys essentially. No, 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 no one that comes close to having the skill set that OJ Howard has. Yeah, exactly. Um, we have talked a little bit about the running backs. It's sort of a bit of a shit fire at the moment. We've got Ronald Jones, we've got Peyton Barber, Andre Ellington. They're signed from free agency. Is there anybody you want to sort of own in this sort of crowded backfield? I'd take a flyer on Peyton Barber just because I think the offense is going to be good and, you know, injuries and, and, and bye weeks and stuff that come in. He's, he's basically free in drafts right now. He was okay last season. He certainly didn't set the world alight, but, you know, he might fall into the end zone and get you a touchdown, or you, but you're really not expecting too much from him. It wouldn't surprise me at all if is uh, Andre Ellington uh, had the most number of touches in the backfield from that sort of committee, just because Bruce Arians knows him, he likes him. Ronald Jones, from all reports out of camp, is still struggling a lot. He makes a nice play and then he fumbles the ball. He's just dealing with way too many issues. And so, yeah, I'm not heavily investing. I'll, I'll you know. Every chance that we're, we're wrong about the running game, I'll take a flyer on, on Peyton Barber and in some deeper leagues, Rojo if he's going cheap enough. But there's there's been a bit of hype about Rojo, which has forced his price up to, to a point that I'm really not willing to pay anymore. You know why, though? Roy, Royce, he got the Royce Freeman diet. He got really skinny. Looked at himself in the, uh, after his rookie season. Nah, I need to get in shape. And that's what happened. Now he's uh, right, the, right at the moment, uh, ADP is 97, running at 40. So. Yeah, I mean, the price isn't ridiculous to pay, but... I just don't see the upside. Not not a huge 
participant in the passing game as well. And I think if you're throwing darts in, in running backs that late, you want guys that are going to get involvement in the passing game. And and quite frankly, Rojo isn't a good pass catcher. He never had that pedigree in college. So, yeah, it's it's going to be a difficult one for me to heavily invest. I'll, I, I might get one share in, in, in my leagues just just as a uh, you know a safety net. Also, their offensive line isn't that good either. So it's not good. It's yeah. not good. So yeah, we'll just uh, we we like all the past uh, catching targets. We just don't like any running backs on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Pretty much sums it up. Alrighty then, which team do you want to start with next? Well, uh, let's uh, let's go with the uh, the Falcons. Atlanta Falcons. Let's do it. Matty Ice. Matty Ice. Matty Ice. Now, I talked to, I talked about Mike Evans being one of the most underappreciated fantasy wide receivers. Matt e- Matt Evans, excuse me, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan might be the most undervalued, underappreciated quarterback in fantasy. This guy finishes the QB two last season. Nobody's talking about it. Two seasons ago, he finishes the QB four. I'm pretty sure, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, he's got an overall QB one finish or at least another top five. Uh, going back a few seasons, like this is a guy who produces fantasy points, and it's unsurprising when he's got you know, a receiver like like Julio Jones. But Matt Ryan, super consistent. He plays at least half of his games in a dome every season. The defense has been questionable the last few seasons. Now I know had a bunch of injuries, which definitely helped helped that last year. But they've reinforced the offensive line as well. He's not he's not mobile guy like Jameis Winston, he's not a dual threat QB, but he's surprisingly mobile. Matt Matt Ryan is not. Matt Ryan is struggles with his mobility. He's not not a, a you know a very uh, athletic guy in the pocket. So that offensive line is important, and he's got a great surrounding cast, which we'll, we'll get to soon. So big fan of Matt Ryan, uh, particularly when you look at what what he does compared to the QBs that are being drafted before him. Yeah, and Dirk Cutter comes back as OC, which is a much better upgrade than Steve Sarkeesian. Um, sure. He was the actually offensive coordinator in 2012 to 2014. Did you know that for Atlanta? I did know that. So it's a new it's a new old offense. Yes. QB 7 in 2012 and QB 7 in 2014. Did he finish QB 15 in 2013, but that was uh, when Julio had his injury and uh, didn't play yep. much. But yeah, he, as you touched on, he had a bad offensive line. Um, he was pressured sort of 31% on his dropbacks. That's going to change a lot now. They've spent two first-round picks on offensive linemen, so that's going to help. Julio's just Julio. He's always great. Uh, can't dodge him there. And then Calvin Ridley, Austin Hooper, they're going to be developing the th- second and fourth years, respectively. And Mohamed Sanu just consistently there as well. They've got a lot of good weapons. Um, their running game is good. They've got Devontae Freeman there still. I think oh, I'm in love with the uh, Falcons this year, I reckon. I think they're going to be a great fantasy offense. I think in daily fantasy, the the Falcons stack is going to be nice in certain games. They can get some matchups where they're going to be in shootouts, particularly within in the division. So I really like the, what the Falcons have to offer this season. Uh, just <clears throat> quickly, you mentioned Sanu there, and yeah, I've, I don't really have any interest in him in as a, as a fantasy asset, but he's a very very reliable slot receiver. He gets the job done. And that's a guy who can move the chains and keep keep drives going. He has a decent rapport with Matt Ryan. So it's just another feather in the cap of, of Matt Ryan for his fantasy value. So big fan of, of Matt Ryan. Cooney, I believe you've got the uh, the quarterback ADP up yes. there. Uh, 78 in QB6. <laughs> it's a thing. Like, And yes... QB six is early to take a quarterback. We all, you know, we preach on that all the time. 
But if you are so inclined to take a quarterback early, Matt Ryan is the guy you should be targeting because he's going 78 overall. But where are some of the other quarterbacks going relative uh, overall? Drew Brees is going four spots behind him, which is as we'll, we'll ludicrous. Get, ludicrous. We'll get on that uh, later. Got Carson Wentz a couple of spots behind him. Kyler Murray a couple of spots behind him. So yeah, but like Kyler, excuse me, Patrick Mahomes is going first overall, uh, but as QB. But what's his ADP? Twenty six. Twenty six. So you can wait fifty spots and draft Matt Ryan, who, to be honest, I would not surprise me in the least if Matt Ryan scored or scored the same as or outscored Patrick Mahomes this season. Like, it really wouldn't shock me. He's very much a candidate to throw for 5,000 yards and 40 touchdowns. Why not? Exactly, and especially in this offense too. It's Everything's got uh, rolling for him. It's just, yeah, if everyone can stay healthy. For sure, for yeah. sure, absolutely. So if you do want to, if, you know, if, you, if you're not comfortable waiting on QB, you don't want to stream or target late round guys, you know, that's on you. But if you are going to pull the trigger early, don't pull it too early. Matt Ryan is that he's that perfect candidate for that sort of that sort of draft strategy, and in Superflex, he's a perfect QB one that you you can you don't have to commit your first you know one of your first two or three picks to the quarterback position. You can wait on 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 that and get him in the fourth round, fifth round, like I did, like you did in the listener league. Well done, sir. Thank you. Still on my view. Um, we'll go touch on Julio. We don't have to spend too much time with him because we know he's so great. Yeah, but yeah. Um, past six seasons finished in the top 10 in PPR scoring uh, in uh, 2012 when uh, Dirk Carter was there he was in wide receiver 11 and wide receiver 6 in 2014 and that was both when Roddy White was there too so two great wide receivers in that uh, sort of offense I don't think Ridley's there so I don't think he's going to he's not there yet he's no Roddy White in 2012 I think no that was a crazy that was a, a crazy duo like uh, Calvin Ridley had a he had a decent season last year, but I think his his overall he's, finish sort of flattered what he because it was a it was a few really big games yeah, and like a, 40 point. a lot a lot of nothingness. Yeah, it was like a big thirty point game, I'm pretty sure. And then yeah, it was yeah, just he had, very he, had mul- he had at least two games with multiple touchdowns in each one. Mm. Didn't he have a game where he he had a receiving and a rushing touchdown, or multiple multiple receiving touchdowns and a rushing touchdown? Seems like Is it. it. Yeah, I seem to remember he had a three touchdown game and just just blew up that week. And I, obviously, he's going to progress. He was only a rookie last season. The chemistry builds up with with Matt Ryan, and he he just improves as a pro. But where he's going right now, he's being being, in my opinion, he's being drafted at his close to his ceiling. Wide receiver twenty three. I think he can finish around. You know, if all things go well for him, like a top. You know, top twenty wide receiver, but there's plenty of other names around there that I would I would prefer to to Calvin Ridley based based off of of ADP. Yeah, I just think uh, he's going way too early for what he hasn't produced yet. Um, I just think there's gonna be enough sort of targets for him to yeah sort of be a top sort of fifteen guy. Because we've got Austin Hooper there, we've got Mohamed Sanu, and you got the running game. Devontae Freeman's gonna I get some targets out of the backfield. So I do think he's getting progress. I do think he's gonna be a good player, but I just don't think it's gonna be this year. For where he's going, yeah, I agree. And to me, there are some parallels with with the uh, Tampa Bay offense that we talked about earlier. You have a dominant wide receiver one, you have an emerging wide receiver two, and you have a tight end. Now, Austin Hooper isn't in the realm of OJ Howard in terms of, of NFL tight end, but I do think there's some some parallels. The difference is that you know the running game is there. I think they're going to have a more balanced uh, game script. 
which fewer pass attempts and Devontae Freeman will gobble up plenty of targets in, in the passing game as well. He's a pretty good pass catcher. They like to dump the ball off to him. Ito Smith, decently capable pass catcher as well. They will miss Tevin Coleman, so there's some targets up for grabs in the backfield there. But yeah, yeah, I just with, with Calvin Calvin Ridley, I think you're drafting him close to his ceiling, which is something around that area you, you, you try to uh, avoid to do in your draft. So I won't have many Calvin Ridley shares. Now, if he falls to, say, wide receiver 28, wide receiver 30, I'm pulling the trigger without question. But but right there, around that range of 23, there's there's some other guys I, I much prefer. Like a Philip Lindsay. Uh, no. <laughs> That's on you. Um, but yeah, I wanted to touch on quickly Mohamed Sudan. He's going undrafted at the moment, but the past two seasons finishes wide receiver 29, wide receiver 31. He's someone that you should be looking at sort of on your waiver wire. He's going to be consistently sort of good. He's not going to have a huge game, but especially for a bye week filler or something like that, someone gets injured, he's someone that you should be targeting because he just, he's just consistently good. Mate, you put him in your flex and you'll get four to five receptions for 50 to 60 yards. And you'll yep. you'll need eight points from him, and he'll get you eight point five. Yeah. So you know, so I completely agree with you that he's he's a guy that will go undrafted, doesn't need to be rostered. But as those bye weeks come around, he's he's a guy you should be looking to to plug into your flex. Uh, we've mentioned Austin Hooper. Um, sort of, he's going in the tight tight end eleven, which is a bit ridiculous. Uh, how do you think he's going to go this year? Considering he finishes the tight end six last season, now, I know tight end was a uh, it was a wasteland last year, but still tight end six, man, that's crazy. Mm. And the fact that he's going as the eleventh tight end now, like, absolutely not. I'm just going to pull up the ADP of tight ends going uh, around him. If my uh, my internet browser will decide to work for me, that'd be that'd be I'd really appreciate that. But I, I'm. He's improved statistically every single year he's been in the NFL. His catches have increased. His yards have increased. His yards per reception have increased. Like He's just a guy who's shown consistent improvement. He's in a good offense, as we talked about. I don't, know, you know, I don't know what there isn't to like about Austin Hooper. And he can be a red zone guy. Because historically, Julio Jones has not been that big red zone presence. Now, looking at his... The, his his ADP, as I as I mentioned, tight end eleven. There's three guys going before him that I would absolutely take Austin Hooper over. Jared Cook, who we'll talk about in a little while, Eric Ebron, and David Njoku. I want Austin Hooper over all three of those guys. So Vance McDonald's there. I prefer Vance to Hooper, only just. So you can get an absolute bargain with Austin Hooper, and you can get him really late in your draft, going around 113 overall. Like it's just crazy. And we've, I've sort of mentioned Dirk Cutter too. Uh, he loves to use a tight end. Um, before Howard Witt uh, got injured, as you said, he was tight end uh, five in per- points per game. Tony Gonzalez is there from 2012 to 2013. He was tight end two in both those years. Cameron Bright in 2016 and 2017 was a top 10 wide uh, tight end. So. He's going to get used a lot. I th- think the uh, opportunity is going to be there. He's going to be inconsistent. Um, I don't think he's going to shake that yet. He's going to have his huge games. He's going to be games that's going to be off. But I still think at tight end 11, that's r- ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. And that inconsistency, that goes for all tight ends outside of like the top five, top six, right? That's why you pay the premium to get those locked in guys. But by the end of the year, Austin Hooper will finish as a top eight tight end. I have no, unless he gets injured, but I have no question about that. Really, I really don't. So, 
you know, call me out, call me out on it at the end of the season when I'm wrong about that. But I really do think Austin Hooper will finish inside the top eight as a tight end this season. Defonte Freeman's sort of a guy that I won't be targeting this year. I'm a bit scared of his injuries. Um, what do you think of his season, what he can do? So I think he has top 12 upside. I, I really, really do. And a, yeah, a little bit of FSU homerism coming out of, out of me there. But he's produced. He, he's been the running back one overall. He's got multiple top 10 finishes in, in his career. And yes, he miss, he's missed some time with injuries. But his first three seasons in the NFL, he barely missed any time. He's had a couple of concussions. He's had this uh, it was a groin, uh, excuse me, a quad or a groin injury. He could have come back if they missed the playoffs. But I think it's great he's had all this time to to rest and recover. It's very rare that a, a young workhorse running back gets the opportunity to take this time off and recover. The Falcons were a train wreck last season. They didn't need to rush him back. They protected their investment. They have a ton of money tied up in Devontae Freeman that the team can't get out of without taking a massive cap hit. It's why they didn't re-sign Tevin Coleman. Devontae Freeman is the clear number one back. The other guys will spell him. But Devontae Freeman is going to get every opportunity to get a workload uh, oh, sorry, a workhorse type workload. He's being drafted right now as the running back 17. His price has steadily increased. Earlier, you know, a, a month ago, his price was was lower, particularly in Dynasty. About two, three months ago, you could get this guy so cheap. His price has come up a little bit now, but still, at, at running back 17, I think that's he's still got some some upside to go. I don't think you're drafting him at his ceiling there there are some other guys in front of him you go oh there's some some question marks i mean i like aaron jones i just drafted him in the listening league but there's question marks there melvin gordon he might sit out eight games leonard fournette injury history damian williams on a great offense but can he handle the workload what's what's carlos hyde's involvement going to be so i think Given the volatility of the running back position in terms of injuries, if Freeman can play 14 games, given his involvement in the passing game, the the way he, he runs, he'll get touchdowns. It's going to be a great offense, very good offensive line, as we've already said. I think, yeah, top 12 is very much a possibility for Devontae Freeman, which means you're not drafting him his ceiling, which means he can be a sound investment for you, particularly if you start your draft with a running back wide receiver, he's a great running back too. Or if you want to hammer wide receiver early, I, I feel pretty okay about Devontae Freeman being my running back one. I really would. I guess I'm a bit spurned by Jeremy King last year, drafting him in the third round and sort of him being out for the whole year and sort of Freeman over the past couple of years being injury plagued, sort of a bit scared and not uh, willing to take him. I do believe he can be a league winner. If if healthy, he can he can be, yeah, as you said, a high, oh, sorry, low end running back one. Um, but I don't think I'm willing to take that risk just with the other guys around there, sort of like a Marlon Mack or a, yeah, Aaron Jones, even with his hamstring, it doesn't look to be serious. Even got like Chris Carson or something like that. That's who I'm willing to take a chance on instead of uh, Devontae Freeman. That's, yeah, that's fair enough. And I can, you know, if people get burned by injuries on a guy, they're, they're less reluctant to, to go and take him. It's hard. It's hard to overcome that that bias that you have because of prior experience. So I, I, I understand that. But there's a couple of guys going after him there. David Montgomery, who's locked in a timeshare with, with Tariq Cohen and, and Mike Davis. And, and Marlon Mack, who, who really is a two-down two down back, albeit in a good offense. I, I much prefer Devontae Freeman to those guys. Uh and you know, I do like I do like Aaron Jones as well. So I think Devontae Freeman's being drafted right, 
his upside is there. A bit of his risk is baked into his into his price. So yeah, I like Devonte Freeman this season, but you know I can also understand being uh, risk risk averse in terms of injury and, and not wanting to draft him. Um, will you own any Ito Smith shares then? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, where Ito Smith is going right now, he's going as the running back 57. Like he's one of the later rounds. Even if I don't have Devontae Freeman, I'll be grabbing some Ito Smith because if the worst does happen and Freeman goes down or misses time, this is a guy that, again, gets plugged straight into that role. Uh, I really like Ito Smith. And in, in, in best ball leagues as well, he's a guy you should be targeting in later rounds because he could be a league winner, and particularly in best ball. Yeah, especially yeah, if Freeman does go down for injury. Didn't really do much when Freeman was out last year, but again, it's, he can be developing another year and volume is king in fantasy, as we all know. So, Edo Smith is guy I'm willing to take a fire on as well, especially that late in the draft. Yeah, no doubt. Carolina or New Orleans? Where do you want to go next? Let's go Carolina and we'll, fi- we'll finish up with the uh, NFC champion crybabies, the New Orleans Saints. <laughs> uh, I hope that lawsuit gets through. <laughs> I hope they have to play. I hope they have to replay the game. That would be, be great. It'd be so good. Uh, Cam Newton coming off shoulder surgery turns out just a clean out, not a of the joint, not a sort of a rotator cuff surgery as we all expected. Um, had a sort of a bad year, with, especially with the shoulder. What do you expect of him to have this year? And do you think he'll be fully healthy? Yes, I think he's fully healthy. He's throwing bombs all over the place at camp. Like his arm looks great. Love Cam Newton. We've seen historically what he can do. His rushing upside is ridiculous. Uh, as an aside, guys, Sportsbet, I think Sportsbet has set his rushing line at 499.5 yards for the season. Go and hammer the over because let me tell you, his one, one time in his career, he's gone under, under 499 yards. This guy, he's healthy. He's, he's going to hit that. He's dead. If he plays, if you obviously. If he gets injured, he's probably, he won't hit it. But if he plays all 16 games, there's no way that he doesn't rush for more than 500 yards. This guy's a fantasy cheat code. He 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 has goal line running back upside. Like he's got he's got very good receivers all around him now that we'll talk about shortly. CMC just the dump offs to him. He can take it to the house. So Cam Newton again. It seems like I've got. Only good things to say about the guys we're talking about. But again, Cam Newton has got top three quarterback potential all over him this season. Yeah, so I touched on last year. He's very inconsistent year by year. So obviously last year with the shoulder um, injury, finishes QB12. In, uh, 2017, finishes QB2. Tw- uh, 2016, QB17. Uh, 2015, he finished QB1. And then 2014, finished QB17. So he's up and down every year. So obviously... 2019, if he's going to repeat itself, he's going to have a great year. He's going to be in the top, sort of that top three range. I'm willing to take him this year. I do think, yeah, the emergence of sort of DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, and Thomas being there another year, Greg Olson being back, dump offs to Christian McCaffrey, that's going to be yardage. I love the guy. I think not, another year under North, Tur- uh, North Turner as well, that's going to help him too. But yeah, it's everything like, everything coming out of camp, everything sort of the beat reporters are saying is that, yeah, Cam's back and sort of these receivers are going to come too. Yeah, I'm just looking at his career statistics as well. Like, although he's been banged up and had some injuries, he hasn't missed a whole lot of games. Like, he's tough. He's a he's a very very tough dude. So, 
more often than not, he's going to play, and, and when he plays, he's going to get you points. So, uh, you know, a few of those games he left early, which which negatively affected his his overall finish. In a few where he he starts the game and his stats get counted, it happened a couple of times last season. So, you know, QB twelve was a bit unfair as a finish for him, but even that was only on uh, on fourteen games. So it just shows you what upside he has in 14 games, 488 rushing yards, four touchdowns, which was the lowest output of his career. I mean, this guy has got just a, he's rushed for nearly 5,000 yards in his career and 58 touchdowns. Like that is absurd. I don't think you, I don't think there's a running back who's got 58 touchdowns over that, over the similar stretch. Like it is just ridiculous what he offers. You are getting an RB2 baked into you know a qb1 like it's just unbelievable what he offers and going at qb10 overall yes people are concerned a little bit about his health but there's yeah just get him in there get get him into your team somehow because cam newton is going to do good things for your team this year i can feel it and he's going late too yeah so adp of 99 so he's sort of that late round targets that you should be uh late round qbs you should be targeting absolutely um let's go big uh cmc Big swole CMC these days. Oh, he's huge. Looking big. Um, played 962 snaps in uh, 2018. That's the second most for any running back uh, in the whole decade of this year. Um, got over 110 targets in his first two seasons. He's got no good running back. I think balls to the wall for him. He's going to have a great year. I don't know if you're going to take him QB, uh, sorry, running back one over Saquon, but as going number two, I think he's a guy you should be targeting. Oh yeah, I mean, and you can't go wrong with McCaffrey. Like he's just going to be primed for another huge year. He's an integral part of the passing game. Three down back. There's no need to bring him off the field. He's completely dismissed any concerns that people that people have as uh, you had coming into the NFL about his ability to carry the workload. So yeah, I mean, there's not much else to say about Christian McCaffrey. Like you said, targeted like a wide receiver, incredibly shifty. Gets touchdowns like he's everything that you need from your from your running back one. Uh, the only problem is he's uh, Cam Newton steals all of his uh, red zone t- uh, touchdowns. It's the only he's, problem. He steals some, and this is the, and he was that good last year. So may, maybe they want to protect Cam and they they dial it back a little bit. But they'll you know they might use someone else in there, maybe uh, Jordan Scarlett or some someone else on the roster uh, to to get in those goal line carries if 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 they decide to go away from Cam, but. McCaffrey's shown he doesn't need him. He he does does everything does everything else. So you're getting plenty out of CMC. Not at all. So we'll go on their wide receivers now. Go to sort of DJ Moore, the second year wide out. I think everybody's uh, loving him this year. I think he's sort of the one of the uh, sort of breakout people. Uh, sorry, wide receivers that uh, everyone's targeting. I know Matthew Berry loves him. He uh, raves about him after week eight and he's a hundred hundred fact things after week eight in uh where he played his first game over 50 percent of his snaps he was top 20 in receptions yards yards up to catch and fantasy points so if they're going to use him anything like they did in the last eight games this guy's gonna have a huge year and why wouldn't they right um devin funches is out of town he's the clear number one wide receiver he's come on leaps and bounds from his first few games as, as a rookie. He's a returner as well. He's super athletic, incredibly elusive. They like to get the ball in his hands on, on, on jet sweeps and end arounds and handoffs. And they just want this guy. He's explosive. He's athletic. He's a playmaker. Get the ball in his hands and let us do his thing. He was JJ Zacharyson's number one 
rookie wide receiver of 2018 coming into the draft based off of his projection model. Um, he, you know, DJ Moore proved last season that he is an NFL caliber wide receiver. And I think he's going to take the next step forward. He's going to be a clear number one receiver on that team. And he's being drafted as a wide receiver, a team's wide receiver too. I think looking at where he's going, he should be pushed up ahead of, of Calvin Ridley, ahead of AJ Green now because of those injuries, as much as it hurts me to say. I still love AJ Green, but DJ Moore should be being taken above him, ahead of Kenny Golladay because of the way that offense is going to be 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 uh structured uh, there's so much to like about dj Moore. 100 agree with you and there's another guy i really like too is curtis samuel yeah someone that's in all, all kinds of rave reviews in camp yeah borderline unguardable he uh, has been uh been described as but yeah even um good old friend matthew Harmon. he's uh reception perception i did some uh did some research here willis his reception oh. perception tape study guess where uh, curtis samuel's ranked Probably top top five. 94th percentile. 94th percentile, so yeah. Top six. Top six. Um, top, yeah. But he's a guy that's going really late. He's going sort of a wide receiver 38, 80p of 92. Um, if you want a league winner, Curtis Samuels is a guy. If Cam Newton is going to have a big year, he's going to need another target to throw to. And I think Curtis Samuels can be the guy. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a great deep threat and you can get the ball in his hands as uh, as, as they sort of, I mentioned with, with DJ Moore. I think... This 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 trio might be one of the most explosive trios in the NFL in terms of receiving weapons between Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, and Curtis Samuel. Good luck trying to cover all, all three of them, and particularly if you give them more than a few seconds to to get open, it ain't happening. Defensive backs are not covering these guys, and if anyone can extend a play, it's Cam Newton. I just think these guys are all made for each other. I think it's a perfect situation. I think the Panthers are going to have a very good offense. This season, and I, I, I like I like all of them. At there, I think they're they're all primed, particularly well, excluding Christian McCaffrey, but they're all primed to to uh, to beat beat their ADP. And Curtis Samuel is a guy that if you if you miss on on uh, DJ Moore and you still want a piece of the offense on the cheap, he's a guy I like. Hundred percent. Um, Greg Olson sort of coming off three surgeries since 2017 on his foot. Um, is he a guy that you can trust uh, to be on your fantasy team or is he irrelevant these days with too many injuries? I mean, his price is so low, it's worth checking out, right? You can, dra- you can draft him with another old veteran, maybe grab another one off the wire or grab Olsen off the wire if it's a shallow league. Maybe play the matchups with him, stream him if he's got a nice matchup. But yeah, Greg Olsen, it's, it's hard to trust him as your full-time tight tight end one yeah. but given again given the scarcity of the position it wouldn't surprise me to see him finishing the side the top 12 it wouldn't yeah um when he played his sort of last 12 12 games he's averaged 11.3 ppr points so that would be good for tight end seven last year so when he does yeah. play he's actually good but it's just are we going to see him play that's the only problem that's the thing and it seems as he came back last season it seems like his foot is healed but it could go again at any moment so We'll see. And everyone knows he had eyes on the on the broadcast booth as well. How much does he want to be back out there on the fields? Well, so did Jason yeah. Witten. Look at him. He's back at the Cowboys. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I mean, but he, he absolutely stunk at that job. So I don't know. I, I think is we're going to look back at it and think, wow, you know what? Jason Witten, very good. No one's going to think that. I'm going to think that. So that's one. 
that's one person. But you, yeah, but you like Philip Lindsay, so you know. Yeah, it's true. I guess we sort of like meet in between. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to the New Orleans Saints. Now we but, we sort of spoke about Drew Brees and him going way too high. Um, I don't know why he's going to QB seven. I really don't. Because his name's Drew Brees, that's why. Yeah, I guess that's so. literally that's literally why his name is Drew Brees. And a few seasons ago, he was the most consistent quarterback in fantasy. Namor, those days are over. Especially now they've got Alvin Kamara and their running back based offense. I don't think Drew Brees is an elite fantasy quarterback anymore. No, he's not. Yeah. I mean, uh, this this just sort of encapsulates the. Uh, shift in Sean Payton's offense and the way that the Saints and Drew Brees' offense has has transformed over the the past few seasons. And I pulled this from the fantasy football article written by our wonderful guest Luke Wall, writer at the Fantasy Footballs. He was on our Denver Broncos preview from 2006 to 2016. The Saints attempted 631.7 pass attempts per season and 409 rush attempts. Over the past two seasons, the pass attempts have dropped to an average of 512.5 and the rush attempts have increased to 457. So not only has the pace of play slowed down and they're running fewer plays, which was one of the reasons why Breeze was such a successful QB, because of the pace of play, they run an up-tempo offense, They've, he's lost, on average, about 120 pass attempts per season. That's crazy. That's a, not, he's knocked a, a, a fifth off his out, output. They're a running team now. Why they not be a run-first team? They're a much more balanced offense. And why wouldn't you be when you have a guy like Alvin Kamara, who's a tremendous three-down back? Breeze just doesn't have the output, doesn't have the, 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 the volume that you need, and they're not running the, enough, enough plays to justify taking Breeze uh, the way he's being drafted. It's name cachet only. Weeks 13 to 16, how many points do you reckon he averaged? Like eight points a game. 11. 11. Uh, sorry, Drew, I didn't mean to hate on you that much, but 11 is not yeah. good either. And he also had four rushing touchdowns uh, last year too, so I don't think he's uh, that's going to happen again either. So, yeah, No, I agree. And then also, Peyton's got this obsession with bringing Taysom Hill in for, for snaps as well, which is, you know, taking Breeze out from under center when they get into the red zone. And it seems like that's going to continue. So that's just another reason to, to ding Breeze. There was multiple times last season where Breeze got the team down into, and then they just got Taysom Hill in for a rushing touchdown or some kind of gadget play. Let's go on to Alvin Kamara then. Uh, he was the running back one three of the four weeks. Mark Ingram was suspended. Now it all seems like uh, Alvin Kamara is going to be the workhorse of this offense, but what do you think his uh, output will be for this season? I think it's going to be very similar. Sean Payton said multiple times that they don't want to overwork Alvin Kamara. He's not a true workhorse back. That's the way that they've used him. Obviously, it was an exception when Ingram was suspended. They didn't really have anyone else, and they knew it was a short period of time. But this is their prized asset. They love this kid. They think that they've got something special in Alvin Kamara. I agree with them. Obviously, he's just phenomenal to watch. So there's no need to wear this guy out and give him that Zeke Elliott, Saquon Barkley type workload. This is a guy that's going to get through on efficiency and passing game work. 
And that's fine, given in the offense that he's in, the creative offense that Sean Payton runs. And whilst I'm, you know, I am shitting on Drew Brees as a fantasy asset, at the end of the day, he's still Drew Brees. Opposing defenses have to respect that. And that's why they're never going to be able to crash down and key in on the run um, to, to, to take away Alvin Kamara. So he's being drafted, what, as a running back four? Running back three. Running back three, uh, of course, because of Zeke. Yeah, he's got yeah. number five now. Yeah, so I mean, Kamara perfectly priced. Take take him there and be very happy. Yeah, he's perfectly ranked there, number three. Um, it'll be interesting to see how much uh, snaps he does get because without Ingram, he had eighty two percent. With Ingram, it was sixty one. So it'd be interesting if they do the same thing with Murray. I'm hoping that as a dynasty owner, it's going to be good for him if he's going to be on that sort of low pitch count because then obviously he's going to be around for a lot longer. But yeah, um, not a big fan of Murray this year. Actually, I don't think I think everyone sort of. Even you, you love him. You think he's going to be sort of a fantasy darling for you this year. Oh, yeah. But he sort of had that role, not that role, but he's sort of when he took over for Cook in Minnesota, he didn't really do much with it. He was sort of an average running back. And I don't know. I just don't see, just don't see Latavius Murray being sort of th- that Ingram type. I mean, he, took, he was in Minnesota behind a atrocious offensive line. On, on a not great offense when he took over. He was inefficient, but he still still got the job done. And he's now in the best offensive situation of his career with the best offensive-minded coach of his career. I mean, this is a guy that ran for 1,000 yards and six touchdowns on the Oakland Raiders in 2015. Like, you know, Latavius Murray can play a little bit. And he's an incredible athlete. I don't think people realize what a good athlete Latavius Murray is. He's on a measurable measurable basis, far and away a, a better athlete than uh, than Mark Ingram. He's bigger, he's faster, he's stronger, he's more agile. And now he's going into an offense that we know uses a secondary running back. I mean, they had two running backs finish inside the top six in 2016. So he's going into a great situation, tremendous offensive line, and a, and a coach that knows how to use multiple running backs. Now, I don't think he's going to be a, a top 10 running back by himself, but he's... High end, you know, high end RB two, absolutely. And given his price, where he's being drafted, he's a perfect zero RB type target. Where you load up on your, you load up on your wide receivers in the first few rounds, maybe a stud tight end, and then fill out your running backs with, with the, some of the later guys. Latavius Murray fits that profile perfectly. And of course, he isn't a handcuff to Kamara. But if something did happen, Kamara misses some time. It's a guy that steps into a top five workload in the NFL, and a guy that's gonna potentially be a league winner that you don't have to draft as a handcuff and burn a roster spot because this is a guy I would feel confident starting week in week out as a running back two or at worst a flex play yeah fair enough um, I'm just not really to have that faith in him I just don't think that's fair, that's fair. Um, we'll go on to Michael Thomas now um, again one of those top six wide receivers where you can pretty much draft him anywhere it doesn't really matter um, just a few things to note on he's 28% of the Saints targets last the past two seasons yeah, it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Uh, highest completion percentage with Drew Brees and Thomas, which is 85%, which is uh, record-breaking. And he's also had 126.3 passer rating on tight window throws. So this guy can be... He catches cut. everything. He catches everything, pretty much, yeah. And he, they line him up all over the field, left, right, slot. It's like he's great in the red zone. I mean, there's nothing that this kid can't do, and we know that because they just backed up the truck and paid him 
a ridiculous amount of money and made him the highest paid receiver in the NFL. And they did that for a reason because it was just ridiculous talent. Draft Michael Thomas, just be happy with it. it you're you're going to be okay. Yeah, you're going to be fine. Um, is there any other wide receivers you want in this uh, room? Look, Lake Dart throw Traquan Smith. He had a couple of games threatened to break out last season. It never eventuated. Huge step up coming from playing for UCF to the to the NFL, but I thought he did pretty well. He's going to be a you know a matchup dependent play where the Saints are going potentially going against another uh, great offense. Or Michael Thomas draws is going to be drawing really high level shadow coverage from an opposing cornerback who's going to travel around the field with him. Potentially, then you go, okay, maybe Traquan Smith is going to be going to be open and get some opportunities. But it's going to be hard to confidently start him. Um, really, there's only two pieces I like in this passing game, quote-unquote passing game, and that's Kamara and, and Thomas. Yes, same here. Um, I guess Ted Ginn is sort of, yeah, no, unless you've got a sort of very deep, deep league, he's another got like a best ball or a bi filler. They can maybe turn it on for you if you need it. Um, yeah, I mean, grab here this guy in the, the last pick or the you know twentieth yeah. pick of a best ball draft, and he's probably going to have two or three weeks where he takes one to the house for you and and does well. But apart from that, you just can't trust him. Yeah. Um. But yeah, same with your trade one. I think he's sort of another couple of years away. I just don't think he was there yet. Um. He's another deep guy that um. I think averaged was it yeah over twelve yards per air yards per target. Um. So yeah, he's another guy that relies on deep ball, but we just have to wait and see with him. I'm not. Well, I guess you can really take a stab on him, but I think there's other guys that are sort of, especially that deep in the draft, you can be a kicker or defense. So, yeah, I'm not too, uh, not too high on Trayvon Smith. Yeah, fair enough. It's, it's like like we we talked about with Breeze that the passing output is coming down. They're funneling 50% of their targets to the running backs and and Michael Thomas maybe more 55%. So. By the time you divvy up the rest of the pie, there's there's, there's slim pickings for the rest of the rest of the other guys. Yeah, so Kamara and Thomas had fifty percent of the targets last year. Yeah, and then and then Mark Mark Ingram had a bunch as well. Yeah, so so, and then we'll go to our last guy, lucky last guy for the night, Jared Cook. Um, sort of his best year last year in terms of fantasy, had career year in catch rate and yards per game. Um, what are you thinking uh, his role in his offense will be? Uh I don't think it's going to be a big role. I won't have a single Jared Cook share this season. Over the last three seasons, the Saints have targeted the tight end position at the lowest rate in the NFL. 14% on, on, of their passing game has gone towards the tight end position. Now, I know they've had Graham Arnold, Kobe Fleener, uh, Ben Watson, you know, guys that don't exactly leap off the page with talent. But to be honest, Jared Cook wasn't that guy until he was you know, heavily targeted last year. Like he's he's a big athlete, but he's not an elite tight end in the NFL. He was there, he was propped up entirely by volume it, last year in Gruden's offense. There was no one else to throw the ball to, especially after they traded Amari Cooper away, and his profile fit perfectly with with Derek Carr and what they were doing uh, with those with those uh, types of pass attempts. Being drafted as tight end seven, I don't want any part of him and. New Orleans targets the the tight end the least over the past three years. They target the running back in the passing game the most, tied with New England, tied at uh, 26%. So such a huge variance in the way that the New Orleans offense is run, the, the positions they like to target in the passing game. One Another one of the reasons why I do like Latavius Murray. But yeah, completely out on Jared Cook this season. I just don't see 
them reinventing three years of, of, of game planning to, to consistently target Jared Cook. Now, is he going to get some touchdowns and, and have some spike weeks? Yeah, absolutely. Would I be shocked if he finished the season overall close to a top 12? No, but I just don't think you can rely on him. I think he's going to have some games with multiple touchdowns or you know, one big play and, 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 and things like that, but I don't think he's going to, guy, going to be a guy that you can rely on. And when you're drafting him as tight end seven, you're looking for that week in, week out, solid starter. Yeah, I mean, Grizzly there. Um, as we said, so did Kamara and Thomas had 50% of targets. Drew Reese only threw for 490 pass attempts. So there's only 240 sort of to go around. And Cook's had 100 last year, and I doubt that's going to happen this year too. And he, that was when he was tied in five. So I don't know. He's not going to have a good year. If he's getting sort of around that Austin Hooper range, around that 110, maybe I'll have a chance at him. But that's just way too high for 72. Yeah, way too high. He's just he's got that New Orleans Saints offensive bump the way that Drew Brees has, and you know people just need to do a dig a little bit deeper, do a little bit more research, and those those are names that stand out as being way overdrafted uh, on this offense. Who's the best kicker in this division? Who do you target for kicker in this division? I mean, there's a there's a few, but I think Will Lutz is is a nice nice guy because of the dome and. Great offense, but also is it is it Giorgio Tavecchio who's playing for the the Falcons now? I believe he's their kicker. Yes, he is now. Decent kicker again in inside a dome. So they're two kickers that you that you like. I bet no one's drafting Tavecchio. I, I'm sure he's he's a guy you pick up for free. Will Lutz has got a bit of a of a name value associated with the Saints. Graham Gano is a good kicker. Panthers offense we expect to be good, and you know. God have mercy on you if you choose to draft the Tampa Bay Buccaneers kicker. Yeah, you're uh, you're really playing on fire there if you are. Yeah, you're one of absolutely. Those um, but yeah, I think that'll do it for our NFC South preview. Unless you've got anyone else you want to talk about? I don't think so. No, I think that's pretty much everyone. I'm there's yeah that that that'll do it for for a, a redraft show. Looking at the the main guys, I think we covered everyone that we needed to. Um, how's, how's, how's your uh, Listener League team shaping up? Well, funny you should say that because I'm actually on the clock at the moment. Oh, well, let's, let's have a, a live draft pick. Live draft pick. Right, uh, I had the 107. So I went with uh, DeAndre Hopkins, had Kelsey, my second pick, Marlon Mack and Ingram as my two running backs. And then I'm going with two quarterbacks. I went with Matty Ryan, as we talked about, and Dak Prescott. That's a, such a good quarterback pairing. Like that's so optimum for Superflex. I'm very jealous of that. So yeah, now I'm just uh, deciding who I should take now. Um, got any got any uh, suggestions for us? Well, I'm just pulling up the the Sleeper app now. By the way, guys, Sleeper is such a good fantasy football app. Everyone should should get around it. I'm a big fan of their sort of their app on their sort of drafting. You can see the dra- everyone's draft board. It's really yeah, good. It's excellent. So uh, looking at your team, uh, AJ Green just went. Evan Ingram. You you don't need a tight end. You will, you need yeah. another receiver. That's what you need. Uh, no, I'm going to. I got another receiver in mind later on the draft. Yeah, but you need to start. Nah, nah, nah. You nah, need nah. to start three. Oh no, you need to start, start two, two receivers. Exactly. My mistake. Come on, Kamish. I know, I know. So, what you're looking at another another running back here? I'm looking at anybody. Who do you suggest? I'll let you make my pick for me. How about that? <laughs> I mean, if you really wanted to be a dick, you'd grab a third third quarterback. And be and be real set for your for your super flex because some nice names there. Another guy, another potential option is 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 snagging a, a second tight end and comfortably starting Kelsey in your flex every week. 
because he's going to put up wide receiver like numbers. That's an option. Um, no, I don't like Hunter Henry though. It's sort of Hunter Henry, Eric Ebron, Jared Cook. We just talked about this sort of not anyone, not really. Oh, just some names that I like coming up. Ooh, that's nice. I'll, I'll let you make your pick because uh, I don't want to tip my hand too much. I'm gonna have to get. I'm gonna have to. Eh, I'm not gonna, there's a lot of guys I like later on, so I might as well just take him now. <laughs> that logic. Don't listen to that logic, ladies and gentlemen. Well, there's no one. There's no one that I like. Sort of. There's all the quarterbacks are going now. You got Kenyon Drake, Hunter Henry, Kirk Cousins, AJ Brown. Darius Geis, Alshon Jeffrey, nah, it's like the Eagles offense too much. You don't like you don't like Jeffrey? Oh, we'll talk about it next week when we do the Eagles uh, Ooh, pod. Ooh, now that that's a uh, that's a teaser. That that's a, a teaser. teaser. Yes. In the business, we call that a teaser, ladies and gentlemen. Look at that. I the am ever professional, well, James Cooney. Since we are going to do the Eagles, I have drafted Miles Sanders. You cocksucker. <laughs> oh, I hate you. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, you motherfucker. I just scrolled all the way down the list and went, oh, I'm going to come back and grab Miles Sanders on the turn. Not anymore. What a, what a piece of garbage you are. Thank you. I take uh, part James of Arthur, reach over the table and smack him across the head, please, because that's twice he's sniped me on picks now. No. Eat it. Eat it. Uh, anyway, that, and we also got the uh, FF Dan Underball. That is starting Saturday after, uh, morning as well. Get excited yeah. for that one too. Which uh, which division are you in there, James? Um, Spider Man. Spider Man. I think. I can't really remember. You're yeah. okay. uh, you should I be mean, in the Captain I mean, Marvel one. I, mean, I don't one know how you're not in that one. Uh, I think it was unsafe to put me in there. The distraction, <laughs> just the name's a distraction for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. How does it work? Is it a slow draft? It is a slow draft. It is. Yeah. yeah. So Very basically, exciting. yeah. So it's almost like a, you know, like a dynasty startup everyone gets to t- take their time we're across time zones still got a few weeks left for the season mm. so just having a quick look here ja see if i can find you in this in I this think list it was spider-man league i'm actually i'm fairly certain i'm in spider-man league well do you remember the name of your team uh, it was like franchise number 95 <laughs> but i ch- i did change it but i can't remember yeah, what i changed it to that's what i mean what you changed it to um Lights, oh, there you go. Kamara Your lights, action. Kamara action. Yeah. And in the yeah. Spider-Man division. Spider-Man. So, yeah, I'm pretty smart. I'm going to take um, Philip Lindsay pick one. <laughs> well, in our list league, someone took Philip oh, Lindsay. Oh, yeah. Someone, I don't know whether someone was trolling us because of <laughs> the Philip it? Lindsay discussion on this podcast, but someone took some Philip Lindsay at 2.12. 2. 2. A random? Or was it someone we know? No, he's some idiot. Yeah, it'll be, uh, be someone we know. Yeah, it'll be someone we oh, know. Oh, sure. Doing it for, for a laugh. Either way, he's an idiot. I'm surprised he was still available and James couldn't take him in the first. Look, it, I well, think I thought, for the you know, hash, value pick, hashtag you know? for the brand, I think Cooney should have taken him. If he had any commitment to Philip Lindsay, word's going to get out now. Philip Lindsay's going to feel betrayed. You know, that's good though because then his ADP is going to skyhawk and that's what I want. I want more people to like Philip Lindsay and to take him higher. And that's what's happening. He's number 24th pick. So that's that's what you want. Sort of people recognizing talent. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Game recognizing game. Exactly. Yep. I mean, I'm, I'm all in on Philip Lindsay. He's just convinced me. Done. Sign me up. <laughs> That's all it takes. That's all it takes. Uh, what division are you in there, Lewis? I'm in Black Panther division. And I think I've got Suits. the one. Power White Man, pick. Black Panther. Yeah. I think I've got the uh, 111 pick. I'm just going to check that. Hmm. 
I do. I'm drafting at the 111, so... I'm pick seven, so I'm just going to take tight ends. Well, it's tight end premium, isn't it? Yeah. It is. 1.5 points per reception for tight ends. I'm just taking Travi Kals. Really? Mm -hmm. Well, he's not there. Then someone's fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm taking someone else. Gronk. Gronk. Duh. Why why did we think of that before? No brainer. Sold. All right. Well, Lewis, thank you. Uh, thanks for being back. Been a pleasure as always. Absolutely, good to be back. Good to be uh, chatting some football with you, and uh, we'll get into some some more next week. And we'll hopefully have wrapped up the listener league by then. And I'll go through and, and rate your team. And right now, it's looking pretty good. Yeah, well, duh. I am a fantasy football analyst. <laughs> F- more like analyst. Classic gag. Hey. Anyway, Lewis, you have a lovely weekend, and I'll speak to you soon, buddy. Yeah, absolutely. See you, mate. Yeah. Hey, hit records on my demo. Did y'all boys not get the memo?